Welcome to the Mercy Hill Church podcast. This podcast is a collection of sermons and conversations intended to stir up your affections for Jesus. We hope this content helps you know and tell the story of Jesus better. Well, good morning. Uh, My name is Brandon. I'm one of the pastors here at Mercy Hill. Merry Christmas. It's great to see you this morning. I hope you've got your tree up and your homes decorated and are ready for this uh, Christmas season. Uh, This morning, we're continuing our Advent series, Emmanuel. Uh, If you have your Bible, we're going to pick up right where we left off last week in John chapter 1. So you can turn to John chapter 1 as we explore who Jesus is according to John, uh, one of his disciples. Before we get to the passage, uh, many of you probably already know uh, that the Nichols family has been doing quite a bit of work at our house. Uh, So several months ago, we had a leak uh, that we didn't know about from the back of the dishwasher. It was going uh, onto the subfloor. Unfortunately, uh, in this case, we had a moisture barrier between the subfloor and our uh, engineered hardwood, and so it never leaked through. It just kind of continued to leak and seep in, uh, which caused mass problems at our house. Uh, So, insurance company came out, no problem, floor is covered, that's great, cabinet's going to be repaired, that's great, and then, it's like, well, if we're getting the cabinets repaired, maybe we should go ahead and paint them, right? Do something different. If we're going to get new floors and then new cabinets, we probably need to get the rest of the house painted, too. It's been seven years since we had the house painted, you know, these are, you know... 2016 colors, not 2013 colors, right? So we need to catch up on that. And then the new color doesn't match the trim. It's been a long time since we painted the trim too, so we got to paint the trim. And then, hey, what about the built-in bookcases and the mantle at the fireplace? We probably need to do something about that since we're switching everything up. And then, wouldn't you know it, we're going to have to get some new furniture for the new look in the new house. There's a lot going on at the Nichols house. And so I'm happy to announce this past week we got our new floors in, which is awesome. All the work is nearly done. We've had contractors in and out of our house. I've been painting. I've been making Hudson and Kristen paint like a slave driver. Get out that roller. This is how you do it. Let's go. Well, I've moved furniture more times than I can count. We've taken everything out of our cabinets. We've put everything back in our cabinets. We've packed up our entire downstairs like we were moving to another city, right? We painted uh, so much, so much painting. I have climbed now a ladder more times than I cared to just to cut in the paint, the top of our two-story living room, uh, which was terrifying, but I did it anyway. And after all of that work, can I just tell you the most frustrating moment of the entire thing? The hardest thing I had to do in this nearly complete remodel of our, or, of our downstairs in our house is hang our dumb TV back on the wall. You guys had this experience before? I'm getting a new mount for the TV that comes out and goes back in because we got one that's pretty flat. And so I'm getting the TV trying to hang it back up there and yelling at my family members, you know, while we're all trying to navigate this TV back on to um, the uh, the TV stand, uh, the bracket. And then, of course, you know what I have to do? Now you got to hook everything up. But you got like this much room to hook everything up. It's dark behind there. So I'm bent over backwards, my shoulder on the mantle of the fireplace, peering up behind that thing with a little iPhone flashlight trying to see how to plug in HDMI cables. It was the worst. I would rather paint my entire house again than to do what I just had to do then. 
So what you would know if you've had that situation is uh, what makes it difficult is just it's hard to see. It's hard to see where everything goes when you have just a little bit of space and it's that dark. You got a little bitty flashlight. The darkness is actually what prevents you from getting it right. What we're going to see today in the text is just the same exact idea. John, one of Jesus' disciples, is going to tell us more about Jesus and why he came by using this metaphor of light. That Jesus came to help us see reality. To help us see who God is, who we are, and what God requires of us. So if you have a Bible, John chapter 1, as we dive into this idea of light. So what Jason covered last week in verse 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So if you were here last week, Jason Keel, our director of discipleship, did a masterful job of teaching about Jesus, the Word. What he said is John is stretching human language as far as it can go to introduce us to this wonderful, perplexing truth. This divine reality of the Greek philosophers is actually captured what Jason said and what John says in a person, not just an idea. That the person of Jesus is explaining to us how the world really works, how God's world really works. And that Jesus is the perfect revelation of who God is. It can't be fully captured in just the writings of Moses or the Old Testament alone, but it's fully captured in the word or this person of Jesus. What Jason said is philosophies and religious practices and even ancient myth stories of old are actually echoes of this true word. So now John, Jesus' disciple, is going to tell us more about this person who is the word. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light. He came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming in the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor will of man, but of God. John, Jesus' disciple, introduces us to two related concepts right there in verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now this word life, the Greek word there is zoe, which just means the fullness of life or the real life. And so it means more than just living and breathing. It means that in Jesus was vibrancy was a vitality that animates all of life. So last week we saw that this divine truth is actually a person. This week what John says is real life is actually found in this person as well. So it's not just searching for life and experiences or achievement or acquiring wealth. John is saying, no, no, if you want to know the real life, the Zoe, the life that God intended for his people, it's found in one place in him or in Jesus. And then he introduces us to this other idea. He says that this life, Jesus, was the light of men. That Jesus came to light up the truth for us. That just like me, bent over backwards, trying to see how to plug in HDMI cables, that you and I, what we needed in our lives is someone to show us what the reality is. We needed a light. 
to illuminate the darkness, to help us see what's actually there. And John is saying the best way to see and understand who God is, to see and understand who we are, and to see and understand how God is at work in our world is this person that he's talking about in John chapter 1, the Word or Jesus, the Son of God sent from heaven for us. So in this passage, we see three things, if you're taking notes, that Jesus, the Word, came to illuminate. Three things. You ready? Number one. Jesus, the Word, shows us who we were created by God to be. Jesus, the Word, right, speaking on behalf of God, shows us the light is illuminating for us who we were created by God to be. Remember now, this passage Jason taught us last week echoes Genesis 1 and 2, where God creates, right? So Genesis 1 begins with, in the beginning. John chapter 1 begins with, in the beginning, too. He's saying, hey, these two stories are connected together. In the first two chapters of Genesis, we find that God created men and women in his image to know him and to walk in fellowship with him. That God had a particular design for humanity. Now, that design is not a life that we currently experience. What we experience is what John, later in verse 5, calls darkness. We don't know God. We're confused often about who God is. We don't walk or have fellowship with God in the same way that happens in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. He often isn't involved in our everyday lives, and we don't know how to have a relationship with, with Him. Which means... We are not living the real life that God intended for us, the life that we were created for. We are creatures designed for a relationship with our creator, and that relationship has been broken, which affects the way we experience life. And what John says right out of the gate is Jesus is showing to us or illuminating for us or lighting up what this real life is. That when you look at the life of Jesus, God is saying, this is the life that I designed for you. Jesus did live in perfect fellowship with God. And Jesus did walk this earth knowing God rightly. And so Jesus, the word, speaking on behalf of God, shows up on the scene, John is saying, and it's like God is saying, look, 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 look. This is what life is supposed to be like. When you see the character and life of Jesus, this is the real life that I designed for you. It's a clear picture. Uh, years ago, um, Kristen had a Honda Pilot. And uh, <clears throat> I um, am not handy. Uh, if anybody's met me, you've been around, you know, I'm not incredibly handy. Uh, I'm definitely not a mechanic. Um, I take my lawnmower uh, to a dear friend's house for him to fix every time it's broken. And usually it's like, bro, you just don't have gas in it. Right. I mean, like that's kind of my mechanical level. Uh, but I wanted to try to change the spark plugs and Kristen's Honda Pilot. Right. I'm going to try it myself, figure it out. So I read the manual. Uh, and I read kind of about the, you know, what to do. And then I looked at the engine and I was like, I have no idea what to do. Uh, this seems like a fairly simple task and I'm not sure I'm up for this task. And so, you know what I did? I watched a YouTube video. Someone else, same model, same year, watched the video. And then I watched it again and I watched it again. And then I carried the laptop out and set it uh, right next to the car. And one by one, watched the video to show me exactly what to do. Here's what John is saying about Jesus. 
The Old Testament is amazing. We love it, but it is incomplete. And for us to see the real life that God wanted for each and every one of us, we needed more than an instruction manual. We needed an in-person instructor. We needed to see it for ourselves. And so at Christmas time, we're reminded that Jesus came, was born as a baby and lived this life so we could go, oh, that's the life that God created for each and every one of us. Jesus is lighting up what real life is all about. Number two, Jesus, the word shows us or lights up for us or illuminates for us how God plans to rescue us. Jesus' birth isn't just a story of God coming to us. Jesus' birth is a story of God coming for us. The Christmas story is the story of a rescue mission. This is what John says in verse 5. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That Jesus is coming not just to a people, but Jesus is coming to a people in a very dark place who need help. It's a rescue mission. This too echoes Genesis chapter 1. You remember what happened in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and what? Darkness was over the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. So in the beginning, the author of Genesis describes the scene as dark, void of the influence or light of God. And God speaks his word, and light fills God's creation. Currently, in our world, where we are in God's created world, there is a different sort of darkness. A darkness the Bible calls sin. Now, sin is a rebellion against God. Sin is also a corrupting influence in our world and in each one of our hearts. And this sin causes separation from God. Now, the problem is, you remember what we talked about earlier. Is this life that Jesus is lighting up? for us, shows us that we were designed or created to function in a relationship with God. And so sin separates us from God. It darkens our minds so we can't think about God and his world rightly. It darkens our hearts so we don't love God and his world correctly. And it darkens our sight so we can't see the solution clearly. And so Jesus, the light of men came to light up or illuminate for us the way out of sin and darkness and back into a relationship with God. This is the way N.T. Wright says it. <clears throat> the word challenged the darkness before creation and now challenges the darkness that is found tragically within creation itself. The word is bringing into, into being the new creation in which God says once more, let there be light. What N.T. Wright is saying is precisely what John is saying, is Jesus is illuminating for us not just the life that we were designed for, but how we can be rescued from the darkness of sin in our lives right now and rescued back to the real life that God has for us. How is that? How does that work? 
Verse 12, skip down. John says, but to all who did receive him, who what? Jesus. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So Christmas is a reminder that Jesus came on a rescue mission as light in the darkness to save us from our sins. And the way that he does that is when you and I believe in him or receive him as our savior, he puts us back into a right relationship with God. Not as just creator created, but even more glorious and amazing as a father to sons and daughters. And so this light isn't just showing us who we were designed to be. This light is showing us how we can be who we were designed to be. And the way is what John says, to receive or come to faith or believe in Jesus. Number three. So Jesus, the word, is the light that we all truly need. Right? So Jesus, the word shows us we were created who we were created to be by God. Jesus, the word shows us how God plans to rescue us. And then Jesus, the word is the light that we all truly need. Check out verse six. I think this is weird. In the middle of this light metaphor, John starts talking about somebody else, right? Verse six, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that we all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So there's two different Johns going on here. I don't want you to be confused, so let's slow down and explain it. There's John the disciple who wrote this book, right? There's also John the Baptist, who was Jesus's cousin, and that's a totally different character, and that's who John is writing about right now, right? So same name, two different dudes. Everybody got it? Good, perfect. So John the Baptist, Jesus's cousin, born several months before him. He was a prophet. He lived in the wilderness. Crowds would come to hear him teach and preach. And check it this out. This is what Jesus later says about John the Baptist. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Truly I say to you, among those born of a woman, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. No one. Right? Jesus is like, you want to know who the best dude ever on the face of the planet was? John the Baptist. You want to know who the best prophet was? John the Baptist. You want to know who the best teacher was? John the Baptist. You want to know who the best example of a life lived and devotion to God was? John the Baptist. He's the dude, right? This is fascinating. Because John, Jesus' disciple, now reflecting on Jesus coming, and the story of John the Baptist, wants you to know, even the greatest guy, according to Jesus, isn't the light. Did he preach great sermons? Yes. Did he live an exemplary life? Yes. Did he sacrifice greatly to follow God? Yes. But was he the light? And John the disciple is no. He came to bear witness about the light, but don't get it twisted. He's not the light. This is important for us because it is tempting for us every day of our lives to believe that what we truly need is better practices. What we truly need is a better teaching. What we truly need is a better uh, uh, inst instructions on YouTube. What we truly need is just a better, our new perspective on life. What we need is to listen to the right sage. But John, the disciple is saying, the best sage, the best teacher, the best new perspective, the best 
is not the light. He just came to tell you about the light. The light is Jesus. Verse 9, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So friends, there are a lot of lights. There are a lot of things that you and I could pursue. There are a lot of people we could listen to. There's a lot of great podcasts, a lot of great teaching. There's a lot of great stuff for us. But what John wants you to know is none of that stuff is the savior of the world who came to rescue you from sin and death. There's only one, Jesus, the true light. And Christmas is a reminder to us that we need more than just a good word. We need the word, Jesus, the son of God. So three things. And Jesus showed up as the light to show you who you were created to be. Jesus showed up as the light to make plain God's plan to rescue you. Christmas is a reminder that you and I need rescuing. And Jesus came to rescue you through his life, death, and resurrection. And John is saying, don't miss this either. Because only one true light. And even the greatest of the greatest don't measure up to this guy. So today, it's possible for some of us here, some of us watching online, that we have been looking in the wrong places for a way to have real life. We've been looking to smaller lights or the wrong light. And if that's you today, and I pray that this Christmas season would make it apparent to you that hope for you in the darkness of your life comes from no other place but Jesus, the Son of God. And my prayer for you today is perhaps that you would realize that you have been groping in the darkness, trying to find life on your own, trying to search for it through a degree or the accumulation of wealth or finding the right partner or a new experience or whatever fill in the blank a new religious practice, a new teacher. The list goes on and on and on and on. And I wonder if today is the day where you are confronted by the sin inside of you and realize what I actually need is to be rescued. Christmas is for me. It's not just about Jesus coming to us. It's about Jesus coming for us. Jesus coming for you to rescue you from sin and death. And so I wonder if perhaps today there's some folks here that need to come to faith in Christ, just like what John said, to receive him, to believe in Jesus. And then for those of us who are already believers, I just want to encourage you this Christmas season, remember the real source of life for you is Jesus the light. It's easy to get caught up in a lot of other stuff, right? Man, to believe in the rat race of finding the perfect gift. Man, I was fighting with people online, right? Get a gift from Walmart the other day. I had to rush over there and grab it. It's easy to go, oh, this is how you build the perfect life. I need all the stuff and I need the house and I need the new floors and I need the whatever, right? Get the TV hung back correctly. It's what I need. And I would just encourage you 
this Christmas season, do not forget the real meaning of Christmas. That Jesus came to light up or to illuminate for you exactly who God created you to be. Exactly how you could be connected into a relationship with God. And a reminder that he is the true light, the only way. Can we not forget that together this Christmas season? Thanks for listening to the Mercy Hill Church podcast. To keep up with the life of Mercy Hill Church, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We believe the Christian life is best experienced in community. If you're in our area, we'd love for you to join us. If not, we'd love to help you get plugged into a local church near you. Have a great week.